section 27 of smithsonian institution united states national museum bulletin 240 contributions from the museum of history and technology papers 34 through 44 on science and technology by museum of history and technology this librivox recording is in the public domain paper 44 development of gravity pendulums in the 19th century by victor f lenzen and robert p multauf part two keter's convertible and invariable pendulums the systematic survey of the gravity field of the earth was given a great impetus by the contributions of captain henry keter fellow of the royal society in eighteen seventeen he designed constructed and applied a convertible compound pendulum for the absolute determination of gravity at the house of henry brown fellow of the royal society in portland place london keter's convertible pendulum consisted of a brass rod to which were attached a flat circular bob of brass and two adjustable weights the smaller of which was adjusted by a screw the convertibility of the pendulum was constituted by the provision of two knife edges turned inwards on opposite sides of the center of gravity the pendulum was swung on each knife edge and the adjustable weights were moved until the times of swing were the same about each knife edge when the times were judged to be the same the distance between the knife edges was inferred to be the length of the equivalent simple pendulum in accordance with hagen's theorem on conjugate points of a compound pendulum cater determined the time of the swing by the method of coincidences he corrected for the buoyancy of the air the final value of the length of the seconds pendulum at brown's house in london reduced to sea level was determined to be thirty nine point one three nine two nine inches the convertible compound pendulum had been conceived prior to its realization by cater in seventeen ninety two on the occasion of the proposal in paris to establish the standard of length as the length of the seconds pendulum baron de prony had proposed the employment of a compound pendulum with three axes of oscillation in eighteen hundred he proposed the convertible compound pendulum with knife edges about which the pendulum could complete swings in equal times de prony's proposals were not accepted and his papers remained unpublished until eighteen eighty nine at which time they were discovered by Deforges. The French decision was to experiment with the ball pendulum, and the determination of the length of the seconds pendulum was carried out by Borda and Cassini by methods previously described. Bonberger, in his Astronomy, 1811, made the proposal to employ a convertible pendulum for the absolute determination of gravity. Thus he has received credit for priority in publication. Captain Cater independently conceived of the convertible pendulum and was the first to design, construct, and swing one. After his observations with the convertible pendulum, Captain Cater designed an invariable compound pendulum with a single knife edge, but otherwise similar in external form to the convertible pendulum. Thirteen of these Cater invariable pendulums have been reported as constructed and swung at stations throughout the world. Cater himself swung an invariable pendulum at a station in London, and at various other stations in the British Isles. Captain Edward Sabine, between 1820 and 1825, made voyages and swung Cater invariable pendulums at stations from the West Indies 
to Greenland and Spitsbergen. In 1820, Cater swung a Cater invariable pendulum at London, and then sent it to Goldingham, who swung it in 1821 at Madras, India. Also in 1820, Cater supplied an invariable pendulum to Hall, who swung it at London, and then made observations near the equator and in the southern hemisphere, and at London again in 1823. The same pendulum, after its knives were reground, was delivered to Admiral Lutka of Russia, who observed gravity with it on a trip around the world between 1826 and 1829. While the British were engaged in swinging the Cater invariable pendulums to determine relative values of the length of the seconds pendulum, or of gravity, the French also sent out expeditions. Captain de Freycinet made initial observations at Paris with three invariable brass pendulums and one wooden one, and then carried out observations at Rio de Janeiro, Cape of Good Hope, Ile-de-France, Rouac, near New Guinea, Guam, Maui, and various other places. A similar expedition was conducted in 1822 through 1825 by Captain Duperry. During the years from 1827 to 1840, various types of pendulum were constructed and swung by Francis Bailey, a member of the Royal Astronomical Society, who reported in 1832 on experiments in which no less than 41 different pendulums were swung in vacuo, and their characteristics determined. In 1836, Bailey undertook to advise the American Lieutenant Charles Wilkes, who was to head the United States Exploring Expedition of 1838 to 1842, on the procurement of pendulums for this voyage. Wilkes ordered from the London instrument maker, Thomas Jones, two unusual pendulums, which Wilkes described as those considered the best form by Mr. Bailey for traveling pendulums, and which Bailey himself described as precisely the same as the two invariable pendulums belonging to this Royal Astronomical Society, except for the location of the knife edges. The unusual feature of these pendulums was in their symmetry of mass, as well as of form, they were made of bars of iron in one case, and of brass in the other, and each had two knife edges at opposite ends, equidistant from the center. Thus, although they resembled reversible pendulums, their symmetry of mass prevented their use as such, and they were rather equivalent to four separate invariable pendulums. Wilkes was taught the use of the pendulum by Bailey, and conducted experiments at Bailey's house where the latter had carried out the work reported on in 1832. The subsequent experiments made on the U.S. Exploring Expedition were under the charges of Wilkes himself, who made observations on 11 separate occasions, beginning with that in London in 1836 and followed by others in New York, Washington, D.C., Rio de Janeiro, Sydney, Honolulu, Pendulum Peak at Mauna Loa, Mount Kanoa, Nesquilly, Oregon Territory, and finally two more times in Washington, D.C., in 1841 and 1845. Wilkes' results were communicated to Bailey, who appears to have found the work defective because of insufficient attention to the maintenance of temperature constancy and to certain alterations made to the pendulums. The results were also to have been included in the publications of the expedition, but were part of the unpublished 24th volume. Fortunately, they still exist, in what appears to be a printer's proof. The Cater invariable pendulums were used to investigate the internal constitution of the earth. Airy sought to determine the density of the earth by observing the times of swing of pendulums at the top 
and bottom of a mine. The first experiments were made in 1826 at the Dulcoth Copper Mine in Cornwall, and failed when the pendulum fell to the bottom. In 1854, the experiments were again undertaken in the Harton Coal Pit near Sunderland. Gravity at the surface was greater than below, because of the attraction of a shell equal to the depth of the pit. From the density of the shell, as determined from specimens of rock, Airy found the density of the earth to be six and a half times greater than that of water. T.C. Mendhall, in 1880, used a cater convertible pendulum in an invariable manner to compare values of gravity on Fujiyama and at Tokyo, Japan. He used a simple pendulum of the Borda type to determine the absolute value of gravity at Tokyo. From the values of gravity on the mountain and at Tokyo, and an estimate of the volume of the mountain, he estimated the mean density of the earth as 5.77 times greater than that of water. In 1879, Major J. Herschel, R.E., stated, The years from 1840 to 1865 are a complete blank. If we accept Airy's relative density experiments in 1854, this pause was broken simultaneously in three different ways. Two pendulums of the cater pattern were sent to India. Two, after Bessel's design, were set to work in Russia. And at Geneva, Plantamour's zealous experiments with a pendulum of the same kind mark the commencement of an era of renewed activity on the European continent. With the statement that cater invariable pendulums numbers 4 and 6, 1821, were used in India between 1865 and 1873, we now consider the other events mentioned by Herschel. Repsold-Bessel Reversible Pendulum As we have noted, Bessel made determinations of gravity with a ball, a simple pendulum, in the period of 1825 through 1827, and in 1835 at Konigsberg in Berlin, respectively. In the memoir of his observations at Konigsberg, he set forth the theory of the symmetrical compound pendulum with interchangeable knife edges. Bessel demonstrated theoretically that if the pendulum were symmetrical with respect to its geometrical center, if the times of swing about each axis were the same, the effects of buoyancy and of air set in motion would be eliminated. Laplace had already shown that the knife edge must be regarded as a cylinder is not as a mere line of support. Bessel then showed that if the knife edges were equal cylinders, their effects were eliminated by inverting the pendulum, and if the knife edges were not equal cylinders, the difference in their effects was cancelled by interchanging the knives and again determining the times of swing in the so-called erect and inverted positions. Bessel further showed that it is unnecessary to make the times of swing exactly equal for the two knife edges. The simplified discussion for infinitely small oscillations in a vacuum is as follows. If T1 and T2 are the times of swing about the knife edges, and if H1 and H2 are distances of the knife edges from the center of gravity, and if K is the radius of gyration about an axis through the center of gravity, then from the equation of motion of a rigid body oscillating about a fixed axis under gravity, T1 squared equals pi squared times the value of K squared plus H1 squared over GH1. T2 squared equals pi squared 
times the value of k squared plus h2 squared over gh2. Then the value of h1 times t1 squared minus h2 times t2 squared over the value of h1 minus h2 equals the value of pi squared over g times the value of h1 plus h2, and that equals rho squared. Rho is then the time of a swing of a simple pendulum of length h1 plus h2. If the difference t1 minus t2 is sufficiently small, rho equals the value of h1 times t1 minus h2 times t2 divided by the value of h1 minus h2. Prior to its publication by Bessel in 1828, the formula for the time of swing of a simple pendulum of length h1 plus h2 in terms of t1 and t2 have been given by C. F. Gauss, in a letter to H. C. Schumacher, dated November 28, 1824. The symmetrical compound pendulum with interchangeable knives, for which Bessel gave a posthumously published design and specifications, has been called a reversible pendulum. It may therefore be distinguished from Cater's unsymmetrical convertible pendulum. In 1861, the Swiss Geodetic Commission was formed and in one of its first sessions in 1862 it was decided to add determinations of gravity to the operations connected with the measurement at different points in Switzerland of the arc of the meridian traversing Central Europe. It was decided further to employ a reversible pendulum of Bessel's design and to have it constructed by the firm of A. Repsold & Sons, Hamburg. It was also decided to make the first observations with the pendulum in Geneva, Accordingly, the Repsol-Bessel pendulum was sent to Professor E. Plantamore, director of the observatory at Geneva, in the autumn of 1864. The Swiss reversible pendulum was about 560 millimeters in length, distance between the knife edges, and the time of swing was approximately three-quarters of a second. At the extremities of the stem of the pendulum were movable cylindrical discs, one of which was solid and heavy, the other hollow and light. It was intended by the mechanicians that equality of times of oscillation about the knife edges would be achieved by adjusting the position of a movable disc. The pendulum was hung by a knife edge on a plate, supported by a tripod, and having an attachment from which a measuring rod could be suspended, so that the distance between the knife edges could be measured by a comparator. Plantamore found it impracticable to adjust a disc until the times of swing about each knife edge were equal. His colleague, Charles Severia, then showed that if T1 minus T2 over T1 is sufficiently small so that one can neglect its square, one can determine the length of the second's pendulum from the times of swing about the knife edges by a theory which uses the distance of the center of the gravity from the respective knife edges. Thus, a role for the position of the center of gravity in the theory of the reversible pendulum, which had been set forth earlier by Bessel, was discovered independently by Salarier for the Swiss observers of pendulums. In 1866, Plantamore published an extensive memoir, Experiences Fate a Genova avec le pendule à reversion. Another memoir, published in 1872, presented further results of determinations of gravity in Switzerland. 
Plantamore was the first scientist in Western Europe to use a Repsol Bessel reversible pendulum and to work out methods for its employment. The Russian Imperial Academy of Sciences acquired two Repsol Bessel pendulums, and observations with them were begun in 1864 by Professor Savich, University of St. Petersburg, and others. In 1869, the Russian pendulums were loaned to the India Survey in order to enable members of the survey to supplement observations with the Kader invariable pendulums number 4 and 6 of 1821. During the transport of the Russian apparatus to India, the knives became rusted, and the apparatus had to be reconditioned. Captain Heaviside of the India Survey observed with both pendulums at Kew Observatory near London in the spring of 1874, after which the Russian pendulums were sent to Polkova, Russia, and were used for observations there and in the Caucasus. The introduction of the Repsold Bessel reversible pendulum for the determination of gravity was accompanied by the creation of the first international scientific association, one for geodesy. In 1861, Lieutenant J.J. Bayer, director of the Prussian Geodetic Survey, sent a memorandum to the Prussian Minister of War, in which he proposed that the independent geodetic surveys of the states of Central Europe be coordinated by the creation of an international organization. In 1862, invitations were sent to the various German states and to other states of Central Europe. The first general conference of the association, initially called Die Mitteleuropäische Grandsmessung, also La Association Geodesique Internationale, was held from the 15th to the 22nd of October of 1864 in Berlin. The conference decided upon questions of organization. A general conference was to be held ordinarily every three years. A permanent commission, initially consisting of seven members, was to be the scientific organ of the association, and to meet annually. A central bureau was to be established for the reception, publication, and distribution of reports from the member states. Under the topic Astronomical Questions, the General Conference of 1864 resolved that there should be determinations of the intensity of gravity at the greatest possible number of points of the geodetic network, and recommended the reversible pendulum as the instrument of observation. At the Second General Conference in Berlin of 1867, on the basis of favorable reports by Dr. Hirsch, director of the observatory at Neuchâtel of Swiss practice with the Repsold Bessel reversible pendulum, this instrument was specifically recommended for determinations of gravity. The title of the association was changed to Die Europäische Gradmessung. In 1886, it became Die Internationale Erdmessung under which title it continued until World War I. On April 1, 1866, the Central Bureau of Die Europische Gradmessung was opened in Berlin under the presidency of Baer, and in 1868 there was founded at Berlin, also under his presidency, the Royal Prussian Geodetic Institute, which obtained regular budgetary status on January 1, 1870. A reversible pendulum for the Institute was ordered from A. Repsold and Sons, and it was delivered in the spring of 1869. The Prussian instrument was symmetrical, geometrically, as specified by Bessel, but different in form from the Swiss and Russian pendulums. The distance between the knife edges was one meter, 
and the time of swing approximately one second. The Prussian Repsol Bessel pendulum was swung at Leipzig and other stations in Central Europe during the years of 1869 to 1870 by Dr. Albrecht, under the direction of Dr. Bruns, director of the observatory at Leipzig and chief of the astronomical section of the Geodetic Institute. The results of these first observations appeared in a publication of the Royal Prussian Geodetic Institute in 1871. Results of observations with the Russian Repsol Bessel pendulums were published by the Imperial Academy of Sciences. In 1872, Professor Sausage reported the work for Western Europeans in the Variation de la Pesanture dans les Provinces Occidentales de l'Empire Russe. In November of 1873, the Austrian Geodetic Commission received a Repsol Bessel reversible pendulum, and on September 24, 1874, Professor Theodor von Oppolzer reported on observations at Vienna and other stations to the Fourth General Conference of Die Europäische Grandmessung in Dresden. At the fourth session of the conference, on September 28, 1874, a special commission, consisting of Bayer as chairman, and Bruns, Hirsch, von Oppolzer, Peters, and Elbrecht, was appointed to consider, under topic three of the program, observations for the determination of the intensity of gravity. The question, which pendulum apparatuses are preferable for the determination of many points? After the adoption of the Repsold-Bessel reversible pendulum for gravity determinations in Europe, work in the field was begun by the U.S. Coast Survey under the superintendency of Professor Benjamin Pierce. There is mention in reports of observations with pendulums prior to Pierce's direction to his son Charles on November 30th of 1872 to take charge of the pendulum experiments of the Coast Survey and to direct and inspect all parties engaged in such experiments and as often as circumstances will permit to take the field with a party. Systematic and important gravity work by the survey was begun by Charles Sanders Pierce. Upon receiving notice of his appointment, the latter promptly ordered from the Repsolds a pendulum similar to the Prussian instrument. Since the firm of mechanicians was engaged in making instruments for observations of the transit of Venus in 1874, the pendulum for the Coast Survey could not be constructed immediately. Meanwhile, during the years of 1873 through 1874, Charles Pierce conducted a party which made observations of gravity in the Hoosack Tunnel near North Adams and at Northampton and Cambridge, Massachusetts. The pendulums used were non-reversible, invariable pendulums with conical bobs. Among them was a silver pendulum, but similar pendulums of brass were also used. In 1874, Charles Pierce expressed the desire to be sent to Europe for at least a year beginning about March 1, 1875, to learn the use of the new convertible pendulum and to compare it with those of the European measure of a degree and the Swiss, and to compare his invariable pendulums in the manner which has been used by swinging them in London and Paris. Charles S. Pierce, Assistant, U.S. Coast Survey, sailed for Europe on April 3, 1875 on his mission to obtain the Repsold-Bessel reversible pendulum ordered for the Society and to learn the methods of using it for the determination of gravity. In England, he conferred with Maxwell, Stokes, and Airy concerning the theory and practice of research with pendulums. 
In May, he continued on to Hamburg and obtained delivery from the Repsolves of the pendulum for the Coast Survey. Pierce then went to Berlin and conferred with General Bayer, who expressed doubts of the stability of the Repsold stand for the pendulum, where, under arrangements with Professor Plantamore, he swung the newly acquired pendulum at the observatory. In view of Bayer's expressed thoughts of the rigidity of the Repsold stand, Pierce performed experiments to measure the flexure of the stand caused by the oscillations of the pendulum. His method was to set up a micrometer in front of the pendulum stand and with a microscope to measure the displacement caused by a weight passing over a pulley, the friction of which had been determined. Pierce calculated the correction to be applied to the length of the second's pendulum, on account of the swaying of the stand during the swings of the pendulum, to amount to over 0.2 millimeters. Although Pierce's measurements of flexure in Geneva were not as precise as his later measurements, he believed that failure to correct for flexure of the stand in determinations previously made with Repsold pendulums was responsible for appreciable errors in reported values of the length of the second's pendulum. The permanent commission of the De Europäische Gradmessung met in Paris September 20th through 29th in 1875. In conjunction with this meeting, there was held on September 21st a meeting of the Special Commission on the Pendulum. The basis of the discussion by the Special Commission was provided by reports, which had been submitted in response to a circular sent out by the Central Bureau to the members on February 26, 1874. General Bayer stated that the distance of one meter between the knife edges of the Prussian Repsold Bessel Pendulum made it unwieldy and unsuited for transport. He declared that the instability of the stand also was a source of error. Accordingly, General Bayer expressed the opinion that absolute determinations of gravity should be made at a control station by a reversible pendulum, hung on a permanent and therefore stable stand. And he said that relative values of gravity with respect to the control station should be obtained in the field by means of a bougier invariable pendulum. Dr. Bruns and Dr. Peters agreed with General Bayer. However, the Swiss investigators, Professor Plantamore and Dr. Hirsch, reported in defense of the reversible pendulum as a field instrument, as did Professor von Oppelser of Vienna. The circumstance that an invariable pendulum is subject to changes in length was offered as an argument in favor of the reversible pendulum as a field instrument. Pierce was present during these discussions by the members of the Special Commission, and he reported that his experiments at Geneva demonstrated that the oscillations of the pendulum called forth a flexure of the support, which hitherto had been neglected. The observers who used the Swiss and Austrian Repsol pendulums contended, in opposition to Pierce, that the Repsol stand was stable. The outcome of these discussions was that the Special Commission reported to the Permanent Commission that the Repsold Bessel reversible pendulum, except for some small changes, satisfied all requirements for the determination of gravity. The Special Commission proposed that the Repsold pendulums of the several states be swung at the Prussian Eichensand in Berlin, where, as Pierce pointed out, Bessel had made his determination of the intensity of gravity with the ball pendulum in 1835. Pierce was encouraged to swing the Coast Survey reversible pendulum at the stations in France, England, and Germany, where Borda and Cassini and Bessel, respectively, had made historic determinations. 
the permanent commission in whose sessions pierce also participated by resolutions adopted the report of the special commission on the pendulum during the months of january and february of eighteen seventy six pierce conducted observations in the grand salle du meridienne at the observatory in paris where borda biot and captain edward sabine had swung pendulums early in the nineteenth century he conducted observations in berlin from april to june of eighteen seventy six and by experiment determined the correction for flexure to be applied to the value of gravity previously obtained with the prussian instrument subsequent observations were made at kew after his return to the united states on august twenty sixth eighteen seventy six pierce conducted experiments at the stevens institute in hoboken new jersey where he made careful measurements of the flexure of the stand by statistical and dynamical methods in geneva he had secured the construction of a vacuum chamber in which the pendulum could be swung on a support which he called the geneva support at the stevens institute pierce swung the repsol bessel pendulum on the geneva support and determined the effect of different pressures and temperatures on the period of oscillation of the pendulum these experiments continued into eighteen seventy eight meanwhile the permanent commission met october fifth through tenth in eighteen seventy six in brussels and continued the discussion of the pendulum general Bayer reported on pierce's experiments in berlin to determine the flexure of the stand the difference of point one eight millimeters in the lengths of the seconds pendulum as determined by bessel and as determined by the repsold instrument agreed with pierce's estimate of error caused by neglect of flexure of the repsold stand dr hirsch speaking for the swiss survey and professor von oppolzer speaking for the austrian survey contended however that their stands possessed sufficient stability and that the results found by pierce applied only to the stands and bases investigated by him the permanent commission proposed further study of the pendulum the fifth general conference of the europeische grand messung was held from september twenty seventh to october second eighteen seventy seven in stuttgart pierce had instructed from superintendent patterson of the u s coast survey to attend this conference and on arrival presented a letter of introduction from patterson requesting that he pierce be permitted to participate in the sessions upon invitation from professor plantamore as approved by general ibanez the president of the permanent commission pierce had sent on july thirteenth eighteen seventy seven from new york the manuscript of a memoir titled de la influence de la flexibility du trapide sur le oscillation du pendule à reversion this memoir and others by celerier and plantamore confirming pierce's work were published as appendices to the proceedings of the conference as appendices to pierce's contribution were published also two notes by professor von oppolzer at the second session on september twenty ninth eighteen seventy seven when plantamore reported that the work of hirsch and himself had confirmed experimentally the independent theoretical work of celerier and the theoretical and experimental work of pierce on flexor pierce described his hoboken experiments during the discussions at stuttgart on the flexure of the repsold stand herve fay president of the bureau of longitudes paris suggested that the swaying of the stand during oscillations of the pendulum 
could be overcome by the suspension from one support of two similar pendulums which oscillated with equal amplitudes and in opposite phases this proposal was criticized by dr hirsch who declared that exact observation of passages of a double pendulum would be difficult and that two pendulums swinging so close together would interfere with each other the proposal of the double pendulum came up again at the meeting of the permanent commission at geneva in eighteen seventy nine on february seventeenth eighteen seventy nine pierce had completed a paper on a method of swinging pendulums for the determination of gravity proposed by m fay in this paper pierce presented the results of an analytical mechanical investigation of fay's proposal pierce set up the differential equations found the solutions interpreted them physically and arrived at the conclusion that the suggestion of m fay is as sound as it is brilliant and offers some peculiar advantages over the existing method of swinging pendulums in a report to superintendent patterson dated july eighteen seventy nine pierce stated i think it is important before making a new pendulum apparatus to experiment with fay's proposed method he wrote further the method proves to be perfectly sound in theory and as it would greatly facilitate the work it is probably destined eventually to prevail we must unfortunately leave to other surveys the merit of practically testing and introducing the new method as our appropriations are insufficient for us to maintain the leading position in this matter which we otherwise might take copies of the published version of pierce's remarks were sent to europe at a meeting of the academy of sciences in paris on september first eighteen seventy nine fay presented a report on pierce's findings the permanent commission met september sixteenth through twentieth eighteen seventy nine in geneva at the third session on september nineteenth by action of general bayer copies of pierce's paper on fay's proposed method of swinging pendulums were distributed dr hirsch again commented adversely on the proposal but moved that the question be investigated and reported on at the coming general conference the permanent commission accepted the proposal of dr hirsch and professor plantamore was named to report on the matter at the general conference at plantamore's request charles salarier was appointed to join him since the problem essentially was a theoretical one the sixth general conference of the europeische grad messung met september thirteenth through sixteenth eighteen eighty in munich topic three part seven of the program was entitled on determinations of gravity through pendulum observations which construction of a pendulum apparatus corresponds completely to all requirements of science special report on the pendulum the conference received a memoir by salarier on the theory of the double pendulum and a report by plantamore and salarier salarier's mathematical analysis began with the equations of pierce and used the latter's notation as far as possible his general discussion included the results of pierce but he stated that the difficulties to be overcome did not justify the employment of the double pendulum he presented an alternative method of correcting for flexure based upon a theory by which the flexure caused by the oscillation of a given reversible pendulum could be determined from the behavior of an auxiliary pendulum of the same length but of different weight 
This method of correcting for flexure was recommended to the General Conference by Plantamour and Celerier in their joint report. At the fourth session of the conference on September 16, 1880, the problem of the pendulum was discussed, and in consequence, a commission consisting of Fay, Helmholtz, Plantamour, replaced in 1882 by Hirsch, and von Apolzer, was appointed to study apparatus suitable for relative determinations of gravity. The permanent commission met September 11th through 15th, 1882, at The Hague, and at its last session appointed Professor von Oppolzer to report to the Seventh General Conference on different forms of apparatus for the determination of gravity. The Seventh Conference met October 15th through 24th, 1883, in Rome, and, at its eighth session, on October 22nd, received a comprehensive critical review from Professor von Oppolzer entitled Über die Bestimmung der Schwere mit Hilfe verschiedener Apparate. Von Oppolzer especially expounded the advantages of the Bessel reversible pendulum, which compensated for air effects by symmetry of form if the time of swing for both positions were maintained between the same amplitudes, and compensated for irregular knife edges by making them interchangeable. Professor von Oppolz reviewed the problem of flexure for the Respold stand and stated that a solution in the right direction was the proposal, made by Fay and theoretically pursued by Pierce, to swing two pendulums from the same stand with equal amplitudes and in opposite phases. But that proposal was not practicable. He concluded that for absolute determinations of gravity, the Bessel reversible pendulum was highly appropriate if one swung two exemplars of different weight from the same stand for the elimination of flexion. Professor von Oppolzer's important report recognized that absolute determinations were less accurate than relative ones and should be conducted only at special places. The discussions initiated by Pierce's demonstration of the flexure of the Repsold stand resulted finally in the abandonment of the plan to make absolute determinations of gravity at all stations with the reversible pendulum. End of section 27.